is a god of the game. It's 1600s all again. England versus the world. Is it coming home or is it already home? Italy and Spain meet at the knockouts again. Belgium's golden generation fails to get the gold again. Messi doing messy things again. Okay, I will stop. But the spirited Denmark team may not stop. Also, does anyone think Gabriel Jesus was trained by Mr. Miyagi? And then there were four. Yes, guys, we are inching towards the end of what has been a fantastic tournament so far. There is no France, no Portugal, no Belgium, not even the dark horses like Turkey, Wales, etc. But as usual, we have our friend Ishan with us right now. Hi, guys. Hi, Bala. Hope everything's fine. Let's get into it. Great. Uh, just before getting into it, quick question. Is this the best international tournament so far that you have seen? Uh, it's close. I remember uh, the World Cup in uh, South Africa being really good. It was some great matches there, some dramatic uh, matches in the knockout phase as well. But I think this is one of the best Euros I've seen. Euro 2000 was great. But, mm-hmm. you know, just in terms of the storylines this Euros has had, just about, you know, one team when I remember when we were just when the Euros were starting, both of us were like going crazy about how France, there's nobody to beat France. And here we are, in, as you said, in the top four and France is not in the conversation. So that's what I love about international football. Great matches, great stories. So I think it's one of the best, definitely. Cool. So we'll start with the first semi-finalist, Italy versus Spain. I mean, there's a lot of history between these two teams. I mean, especially Euros history. This is the fifth time these two teams are playing in four Euros. Since 2008, this is the fifth time. And Spain has won two. One was a draw and Italy won one, which is the last one, 2016 one. And I was looking at the 2008 highlights just to see how that game went. Kalini is the only player in that entire starting lineup who's still active, who's still actively playing. Few of them have become coaches from that lineup. Wow. But I think this is the first time where both teams are completely in parallel to their reputational styles. I think Italy is not the Italy we know in terms of how they play and so is Spain. So I think I think it will be refreshing. But yeah, it's these are two European heavyweights. One obviously who has history on its line in terms of trophies and Spain obviously in the last decade or two have been dominant. So I mean, amazing, amazing tie. But yeah, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's it's very tough to predict right now. But yeah, as per what we have seen so far in terms of uh, their style of play and form, Italy definitely are the favourites. But uh, for those listeners who are suddenly wondering what's happening, why we are not talking about the quarterfinal games, this is how we are going to do this episode. So we're going to start with Italy and we'll talk about Italy's journey quickly, including the last quarterfinals game. So far, what I have seen about Italy is they have been easily the form team in the tournament. We can say they are the best team, the best they have played so far. And definitely momentum is with them. And their bench has shown a lot of promise. Like you have players like Chiesa, Locatelli, Pessina, all making a lot of difference. Donnarumma has had challenges and have made some spectacular changes. And I believe they'll be slightly fresher than Spain because... Spain, remember, they've played two 120-minute games continuously back-to-back. So, Italian Italian players are much better 
fresher. They played lesser minutes compared to Spain. So I would say Italy have been brilliant and especially they came across a very tough Belgium side. Belgium side who were considered to be one of the favourites. So that is really a great plus for Italy because they have gone through that phase of playing a tournament favourite and going ahead. I think one key factor which might decide the match is Spinazzola's injury. He has been by far one of Italy's rising stars of the tournament. And the value he brings to the dynamism of Italy's attack has been one of the key differences in you know setting Italy apart this tournament. Losing him really sadly, like I was gutted for the guy. Uh, losing him in the last game, obviously it's a long-term injury for you. those who don't know. He just had an operation today. That's going to be a big, big, big miss for him. Yes, you're right. They, you know, there have there have been other players for them who've been firing. You know, Lorenzo Insigne, man, what a player he is. What a and he's really turning on the style for Italy right now. And they've got a really solid bench. But what Spinozolo added in terms of attack from the left hand side and also being solid defensively is going to be a gap which might be tough because for those of you who don't know. Uh, Florenzi was the original starter in the squad and Florenzi himself got injured and that's how Spinazzola came. So they're going to be short in options in that area. But when you come to Spain, uh, Spain, I would say don't judge them by the 120 minutes in two games because the football they've played has been brilliant. Like, I think when the tournament started off, I think both of us were like, oh, this is going to be really embarrassing. This is going to be the final nail in the coffin for Luis Enrique. And they've really turned on the style. Pedri, and I think we were joking about this, has not missed a single minute, single breath for Spain in this Euros. But I think you're right. Fatigue will play a factor because you've got Busquets in the center of midfield. And he just turned 70 last week. <laughs> and it's going to be tough for him to, you know, keep the energy levels up. So, in that way, it's going to be a level playing field. Because it's going to be one major player missing for Italy versus a fatigued Spanish side. Hmm. See, for me, Spain is probably the, I would say, the weakest out of the four teams in the semi-final lineup. I mean, it's wow. it's a little unfair to say that to a team who has reached the, the, the top four. My only problem with Spain is they are unpredictable. Like, they will have two, five, two games scoring five goals continuously. And then the next game, they struggle to score a goal even after playing 120 minutes. So, Bala, if you call Spain un- unpredictable, what do you call England? Well, see, See, that's the same thing. We'll, we'll get to England when we, when we get to England. But England has grown... Okay, we, I'll talk about England later when we cover England. But talking yeah. about... Okay, we'll... I'll ask you this question again when we talk about <laughs> cool. England. But yeah, talking like talking about Spain. See, this is where, as I said, that my problem is like you will have players who are hot and cold. Like Morata had a brilliant game against uh, Croatia but didn't have a convincing game against... Switzerland and he got subbed off. Moreno came in, looked very out of sorts. Spain scored a goal out of a deflection, yet another own goal in this tournament. And so, so I, that's that's where I have a problem with Spain. I can't predict. I mean, yes, they can be the the team that played so brilliantly and scored ten goals in two games, or they can be a team who can can bore you to death. So that's where my problem with Spain. Yeah, and I think you're right about the you know. 
Luis Enrique, as we reach the semi-finals, still not figured out who his starting forwards are. Exactly. Uh, if you look at the last game, he played uh, Pablo Sarabia. Uh, you know, he played a good game, and then both of us have been fans of Gerard Moreno, and he had an absolute shocker yeah. against Switzerland, meaning he couldn't get a single shot connected properly. And then you have got Oriaza Bal, who comes in and always puts in an effort. Like he's been scoring clutch goals for them. He scored the crucial penalty as well. Uh, so you know, I think Luis Enrique has something, some work to do in terms of figuring out what type of attack he wants to put out on the pitch against Italy. Because you are talking about one of the best defenses in the tournament right now, right? Obviously, yeah, England have not conceded, but you know, the Italian defense is still solid. So. It's going to be interesting as to what strategy he goes because the midfield is pretty set. We know who's going to be playing in the midfield for Spain, right? You're going to have Pedri and Busquets. You'll probably get a bit of Rodri or Thiago. I don't know. I don't know. He might go with Thiago as well. You don't know about that, but forward line is the concern for them. Hmm. All right. So I think it's going to be a great game, and again, history plays a major part as well. especially in this fixture especially in euros so we will expect a great game uh, quick prediction quick favorites prediction italy 3-1 okay i am going to go italy 2-1 great so since we talked about england so let's go to england right now how england has done so far well see my point with england is they have grown they have grown into this tournament they they had that first 1-0 and then they had a a, a troublesome nil-nil with scotland but they came over it and defeated a very strong at that point of time a, an informed check team and then the way they played against germany and especially the way they played their quarter final games against ukraine i mean you could not have had a better game ever if you are an english fan an england football fan you would have never expected a game to go as good as as it did everything went their way yeah. and that's why i have a feeling that england are slightly slightly ahead of italy in terms of overall favorites i agree and but i would actually you know it was i was quite upset with how ukraine played against uh, england and we'll talk about that when we talk about the reviews but if you see the goals right england scored four out of which three were headers to an unmarked player they other than the kane goal which was a brilliant through ball by sterling in the first goal all of the other goals maguire kane and then uh, henderson were in our language pappu goals like you know hmm. Hmm. right in front of the goal not too much distance nobody marking you and a free header uh, so yeah the i think the result was well deserved but i think england would have i think preferred a tougher opposition would have probably preferred a D- germany in a quarter finals instead of a round of 16 and ukraine basically reversing it so uh i agree with you they are the favorites uh, if right now i had to put england versus italy in a finals i would say england have a better chance uh but you know anything can happen and especially with you know we'll talk about denmark right now like they won the world over how long can this storyline go you know england have that to deal with as well because they're going to literally the world will be supporting one country against them yeah exactly exactly it's england against world definitely yeah. but i want to talk specifically about how massive immense raheem sterling has been for england and it is like if it's not goal scoring assists he has just been their talisman 
and we never expected that out of a raheem sterling in a, like as a personality right he was always this weak fledgling quick winger but now he's grown into something mm. of another level oh yeah he's brilliant dude and and especially the way he came into this tournament he didn't have a great season with manchester city in fact yeah. he wasn't the starter for manchester city towards the end in fact a lot of people blame pep for starting him in the finals in the first place so anyway so point is he came into the tournament in a really bad form a lot of people question southgate for picking him ahead of uh, grealish and, and obviously there was this whole pro grealish going on in england at yeah. that point of time but he has silenced everyone and not just he has silenced everyone more importantly gareth southgate has silenced everyone like i've been following this english podcast and english media very closely like one common uh, sentiment that i Uh, that I that I that I feel across all the platforms that I listen to, all the th- different types of media that I that I that I follow, that they haven't been this positive, this uh, uh, this optimistic for a very very long time. They weren't this optimistic even when England reached 2018 World Cup. At that point of time, they were like, "This is good. We have reached semi-final. It is good." But I haven't seen English press being this optimistic about an England squad and England manager ever. Anyways, talking about England, we know that they are up against, as you rightly pointed out, an absolutely like a team in absolute spirits right now. It's like they can just go out and and win a war all by themselves. They are so much pumped. There's so much heart they have. They have a team full of leaders. There's a lot of good story in this. But to me, that is where it ends with Denmark. When it comes to talent on field, on that moment. you expect english players to execute it better than the denmark players i think that's the small area where england has an edge but but if england go one behind in front of their home crowd at wembley we don't know how they will react now yeah. this can completely turn around they can go ballistic and we know english crowd when yeah. when they are the most oh god they can they they can do both ways they can pull you both ways if it's positive yeah. they can pull you towards a positive if it's negative they can pull you towards negative so yeah it's going to be a and, fascinating and i game. think you know if you look at and you're right about the english fans right they're brutal in their analysis and i feel for them uh and i'm saying the ground uh, ground level fans like the guys who are going to be at the stadium on the streets etc this is literally the best chance they've had in a while you know denmark your if if in the start of a tournament i would say do you want denmark in a semi finals i would close my eyes and take it right like ignore the storylines ignore how well denmark has played if i had given you saying hey i'm going to give you denmark in the semi finals everyone every single major team would take it so for the fans this is and for the player this is that pressure you are almost now obligated to win this game mm. right so if as you rightly said Denmark take an early lead the pressure on the players just in terms of expectations will go back to how it's always been for England and i feel this time is going to be different because and i hate saying this i've never been a gareth southgate fan but for the first time we've seen england coming into an international tournament as a unit yeah like they are a proper unit like you know the world has been saying play jaden sancho play jack grealish he has just continued on his own format he said you want the result i'm giving you the result and that takes balls right especially if you're the manager of england right and he's continued doing that 
and i think this is where england are different this time so i still feel england will be as you said on paper just too strong for denmark but who knows fairy tales can happen yeah just a quick word on that uh, assist for the second goal from yoquing male that is a thing of a beauty man that that should be one of the goals of the tournament for the assist alone was a beautiful yeah that's true <laughs> i was watching it like what a what a what a quarter final they played yeah. what a ma- what a what beautiful football they played in the game it was such it was beautiful to watch but i i hope it continues for me the uh, romantic in heart i would want to see denmark in a final but then you are going up against spain or italy so it's not going to get easier for them anyway so i just hope they play a great game it they give england a fight and you know it it has that kind of a semi final feel to it that's all i want hmm. good good all right just before wrapping up euros semi finals reviews or previews whatever you call it uh, a quick word on belgium failing again on the big stage or they were just up against a really good italian team the belgium team reminds me of the south african cricket team you know <laughs> yeah yeah like golden generation come and pass they choke when when they should not be choking though i would say that they choked that game like the first half they played against italy they were you know they got the penalty at the end just before the second first half uh, whistle blew and i think that was just being lenient because they didn't deserve that goal the way they played in that first half italy was just like running all over them and in the second half i was a little disappointed with their attitude right like everything was obviously reliant on kevin de bruyne who was not 100% uh, but other than that nasser chadli had unfortunately came on and got injured in the first two minutes uh, obviously the dice didn't roll their way but they didn't have too many clear cut chances if you look at the highlights the close chances in the second half also came to italy mm. uh, so they choked let's not minsa word they choked they should not have gone out this way they are the number one team in the world according to fiva rankings yeah. so anything which is not a victory is a choke so they will be disappointed but they still have time man look at them we say this golden generation all of their best players still have age on their side yeah so yeah they really need to revamp their defense like uh, i mean the three people they have in defense are all on the verge or should be retiring right now uh so that's a concern for the future but they'll come back they'll come back in the world cup yeah yeah that's good so that's good for belgium again a quick uh, word for all the other teams that lost czech republic ukraine and switzerland all the best you did well but yeah unfortunately you lost to a better team just a couple of quick uh, pointers one thing that connects all these four teams that is all these four teams played all their group games at home that's number 1 and uh, you know oh, wow. chelsea has a player in all these four teams so that means we will have yet another year where we'll have someone who has won both champions league and an international tournament in the same year wasn't the last one sami khadira uh, no 2018 uh, rafael varan and uh, 2016 varan. ronaldo himself pepe Look. 2014 was kedira and then the germany world cup Sir, germany world cup kedira usse pehle yeah. mata and uh, torres also hey, one more thing oh just realized uh, chelsea played in three Bo- champions league finals 
2012 and 2021 yeah 8 and 12 spain won oh my god <laughs> you heard it here guys you heard it here first but who is the who is the chelsea player in uh, who is the chelsea player in uh, denmark ah uh, christensen christensen yes <laughs> yes christensen good no yeah chelsea oh, wow. full italy mein kon hai bhai don't count uh, that emerson as a chelsea player please no bro jorginho oh jorginho of course oh shit what a by the way what a tournament aha uh-huh. and you saw i something on i saw something on twitter so there is there is this quote and quote talk that if italy win the euro the jorginho could be given the ballon d'or no no <laughs> somebody will beat him to it because he's so slow <laughs> but no on oh, all fairness God. not hating on him he has had an absolute spectacular euros what a player he's been the main he and varati i think would be in the best the top the you know the best 11 for euros uh, i would say uh, you know this tournament and amazing player but yeah i think this is going to be a very interesting semi finals uh, by the way bala you didn't tell me the what are your predictions are for oh, the england england game? denmark i am going with 2-1 uh, england like a very very sketchy and a very edgy 2-1 like you won't like probably english england will score the second goal or denmark will score the first goal in the 80th minute and last 10 minutes will be like very nail biting i am going with a 2-0 england oh okay one more one more clean sheet that will be a record yeah and then they lose it all in the finals <laughs> 7-0 to spain or italy <laughs> <laughs> great all uh, right guys that's ahead. ahead for euros we will come back and talk about the semi finals next episode but let's move on to south america brazil for our copa america and we have again all quarter finals are done and generally when you are watching copa america you know knockouts of begin when you see the number of red cards automatically go up So yeah in in the four games we saw four red cards but the one that clearly takes the award has to be from the son of god himself <laughs> yes gabriel jesus turned into shawn michaels and sweet chin music the chilean player lafoot was very lucky not to get decapitated i have actually you know gabriel jesus for every international tournament has had some mishap for brazil you know the famous meme of him crying on the stairs then a red card then a silly miss in the last world cup he's he's been there for all the wrong reasons for brazil i actually to be honest don't know what he's doing in the national team i don't think he deserves a place <laughs> you know you know at some level he reminds me a bit robinho matlab robinho has a bit of that snobness jesus does not have that snobness but yeah he's a bit of a rick on the field yeah but robinho robinho for brazil was really good he scored a lot of goals gabriel jesus doesn't like he doesn't score goals period <laughs> it's very strange i think casemiro yeah. has more goals than gabriel jesus this season that's true but yeah i think it was a great win for brazil uh, they got the 1-0 then were 10 men down against a very unpredictable chilean team which has obviously we know some really good players uh but they held their ground 
kept maintained and won that tie, which is a big that they'll get a lot of confidence because if you see it in the group stage, they had it easy. Yeah, this was their first tough game, yeah. and they came through. So they're going to be full of strength, and they have an easier game compared to the next tie we're going to talk about in the semi-finals, right? So we let's move on to Bala. What do you think about your favorite player's country and his performance? Argentina. <laughs> oh, dude, it has to be. The guy has been in fabulous form. Like four goals, four assists. He's been brilliant. And two free kicks out of the four goals. I mean, see, nothing new about Messi. He has done this before. But yeah, historically, Argentina have bottled under pressure. So we really don't know what's going to happen. But again, like England, there is one thing that I like about this Argentinian team is they have grown into the tournament. They have become a better yeah. team after every game, after every game. And that showed in the quarterfinal against Ecuador. They were, they were extremely good. They just... Yeah, and I think the last podcast we were talking about how Lutaro Martinez hasn't showed up and he did yeah. in, the, in the game against Ecuador. He played a great game. He scored a goal as well. Uh, but I think this is just, you know, it's in the destiny, right? Like Portugal say Ronaldo won it. And, you know, that's one thing missing in Messi's career, an international trophy with Argentina. I think it's scripted, like, you know, that he has to win one. Yeah. And this might be it. But let's not ignore the tough match that they have. They are yeah. playing Colombia in the semifinals. Colombia is probably the third biggest team in South America. In yeah. terms of strength. And they also had a tough game. They won in penalties in the quarterfinals. Uh, so it's going to be a great game. Tight game again. It's yeah. very interesting, Bala. And what do you think about this? You associate South American teams to be flary. You know, a lot of great, spectacular goals. But most often, more often than not, these games are very sketchy and, you know, very tight. You know, it's actually in Europe, they're more flamboyant shown in international games than in South America. So, why so? So, see, this is what I have noticed in, in South American football. Again, uh, not trying to sound a little uh, condescending, but uh, their, uh, the level of tactical detail that they get into a South American game is very less, especially in attack so they can they can organize themselves in defense really well and then they expect the attacking flair to work in itself so that's why you see a team like brazil uh, relies a lot on someone like neymar because neymar is the one who will stitch the entire attack together and he will do it on his own yeah and he just needs a supporting cast around him to know where he is going to go know where he is going to pass like you know have that connect, quote-unquote, yeah. connect with them. Same goes with Argentina, same goes with Colombia, when you have James Rodriguez, same goes with Chile, you have Alexis Sanchez. So, you can see that the way these kind of players that they that they play for these South American countries. So, what happens over a period of time when players get tired and stuff, so then you become, the games become very cagey, very physical. So, that's why you don't see that much of flair. And, and we haven't seen two really good attacking side play against each other yet. That's maybe true. Argentina, Colombia, maybe it's the first time. Again, Colombia, the forward line, even though they have some really big names like Zapata, Muriel and all, but they haven't done really much in this tournament. So, it will be an interesting challenge for Argentina because they have been really good defensively. That's another point that we need to bring in. Christian Romero, brilliant. He has been immense for Argentina in this tournament. And for the first time, I believe Argentina also have a really good goalkeeper. That I never, I was never convinced with that Sergi Romero guy. I yeah. was, you cannot be Argentina's goalkeeper if you are the third choice goalkeeper in Manchester United. 
that i you can't but historically they've never been known for goalkeepers it's quite funny actually for such a great footballing nation and so but yeah i think this is a very important point you made and i agree with you it's that defense that has actually shown throughout the copa america because they've been solid and they've also got one starlet uh, rodrigo de paul who is become like one of the rising stars and has already i think been snapped up by atletico madrid Yes. they've got a, a very strong team who is actually firing at the right time so i'm saying like i won't i'm putting my neck out there and saying brazil versus argentina copa america final hello Woo! that is going to be something it's yeah. been a while <laughs> yeah that will be that will be amazing yeah it's going to be waking up for india australia match and watching that game early morning yeah Great. Uh, just uh, Brazil versus Peru again. Uh, so the game's going to happen tomorrow morning, four thirty a.m. Like we are recording now, fifth of July, Monday, eleven p.m. So by the time this episode is out, that game will be over. And yeah, we expect Brazil to beat Peru, and we honestly don't know yeah. much about Peru. So <laughs> we'll end it. Yeah. We'll end it there. Great. You know that Peru's capital is Lima, though. Yeah, that I know. Peru's capital is Lima. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now, moving on to speed point. A first hot news that, at least for hot for me, was Patrick Vieira is the new Crystal Palace manager. I have no idea where that happened. How? What? What? From where? I I don't think Patrick Vieira knew Crystal Palace when he used to play in the Premier League. अरे लंदन का क्लब है. He will know. Pass me. हाँ तो लंदन का क्लब है पर जानना जरूरी नहीं है. But yeah, interesting signing. Yeah. I think it's an interesting post, like because you know you always associated Vieira to be one of those guys who will become one of the great managers after retiring. I think, but Crystal Palace is a tough place to start his Premier League journey because you know whatever you say about Palace, they are a solid team. They their fans have certain expectations to give the big four nightmares. Yeah, and it'll be up to Vieira to ensure that. tradition continues yeah and and crystal palace has a very interesting project right now i mean uh, for guys who uh, were not aware much about crystal palace they have been this mid table team ever since 2013 14 season they will uh, flirt with the with the relegation for some point of time and then they'll safely finish somewhere between the 11th and the 15th pretty much all the time yeah like at one level i was this season i thought like let them get relegated i mean this is like an extremely unmotivated like there's no this with demotivated club there is nothing to play for and they uh almost 15 to 16 of their players are out of contract by the end of this season i think they are already out of contract so it will it's a very interesting rebuilding project for patrick vieira and crystal palace but yeah as as all the managerial appointment goes hope he gets the necessary time to build a team let's see yeah all right and talking about uh, transfers united are getting busy uh, kamavinga advanced talks varan advanced talks i don't know suddenly i, I don't know, i haven't seen united this busy united are in advanced talks <laughs> with everyone yeah but Yeah, they've always been in advanced talks with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, but but this this time the news seems to be legit. I mean, the sources seems to be legit. So I don't know. I haven't seen United this active on a transfer window for a very long time. Maybe all those things that the fans did. I don't know. Maybe maybe it it made the board to to notice. Yeah, I hope so because Great. they really need some changes. Uh, but they 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 got Tom Heaton as the goal, goalkeeper back. 
they uh, you know renewed another keeper the american keeper i forget his name uh, they renewed him as well ha ah, yeah i forgot his name grant lee grant, grant. yes grant something ah. lee grant yeah. uh, they renewed him so i don't know what they're going to have four goalkeepers and all of them are pretty good i don't understand that strategy uh but yeah but you're right united are different this time there's a different vibe about them they are a lot more serious actually getting things done and not talking too much which is good to see uh and they've actually made a big signing before man city have which is first time in many years yeah. so yeah it's going to be interesting and speaking of transfers i want your opinion you know gareth bale for example has been very uh, inspiring in terms of footballing but in the last couple of years he's actually inspired people to not leave clubs <laughs> and actually stick around for the salary and who would have thought he inspired a rival club barcelona <laughs> and their players to do this <laughs> who am i talking about i'm talking about umtiti and i'm talking about pianic who have been politely told by joan laporta that please leave mm. you have two years of contract left i'll tear it up mm. just wave off 15 million euros it's fine you can go as a free agent they said no <laughs> i am not going anywhere because gareth mama told me that this is the best way to play football <laughs> sit and earn money so now barcelona are in this bloody piece of shit con like situation right now where they cannot seem to sell their players yeah Uh, so what do you think about that no i think they'll they'll take the suarez route if that goes they'll pay for the player to move out but yeah what i heard was umtiti there's a definite problem but what i saw was pianic uh, is our pianic's agent is talking to other clubs but yeah selling both of them will be extremely difficult pianic again it wasn't even a, a football signing it was a, it was an accounting adjustment signing so I feel sorry for Pjanic. Maybe they'll do the swap again. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Uh, Arthur has become even worse after going to Juventus. Hopefully, he revives his career back there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Trincao. For the people who don't know, Trincao has moved on loan to Wolves uh, with an option to buy for forty million. I didn't expect that to happen, but Trincao is on the move. Uh, then I think Barcelona have Coutinho to deal with. uh so a lot of movement has to happen from barcelona then this season it's going to be and and obviously the greatest player in the world right now still does not have a contract yeah but barcelona are selling his jerseys on their website <laughs> so i don't know what the scene is yeah but it looks like that is done they're just waiting for the copa america to end to announce maybe messi must have asked them not to announce anything until the copa america is done i don't know some of these things look like a pure PR strategy more than what's happening behind the scenes. Anyways, that's about it for football. Uh, any Wimbledon updates? Any upsets so far, Ishan? Uh, Wimbledon. I'll be very honest. I've not kept too much track on what's happening in Wimbledon, but I have updates regarding the Formula One. Oh. Uh, which for a lot of people who follow Formula One, I know for this is for them. Red Bull. for the first time in their history have won six races in a row max verstappen is now top of the champ- drivers championship by a mile this is the dominance that we have been used to seeing from lewis hamilton over the last 7 years so this time literally it's for red bull to lose and it's going to it's going to be very exciting to see what happens because red bull have a superior car and now obviously a superior driver and lewis hamilton just renewed for 2 years just when they are on the down so it's going to be interesting so everyone watching formula 1 please do not miss any single race right now it's like really exciting 
Bala, please start watching Formula One. Yeah. I cannot see this dumb, dumb blank face <laughs> when I'm talking about Formula One, especially on a podcast called Sports Charcha. Please come on, Bala. Yes, zaroor, what will happen when I start talking about basketball and baseball? I am, I am, I am seriously planning to start watching NBA. I saw ad for the conferences playoffs finals. So I might start getting up early in the morning and start watching that also. I'll uh, we'll watch together and I will run you through it. Ha. Huh. I I know certain things. I mean I know the basic idea of the game. I know fouls and all. But yeah, certain technical terms I might have to acclimatize with. Introducing Bala Subramaniam. He knows basic ideas of the sport and what does he say not shooting into a basket? but he knows fouls and all hence he has always liked italian players italy has been like more of a defensive kind of guy right what do you know about a sport i know the fouls <laughs> hey i know the rules i'm saying i know i know western conference how many, i know how many fouls gets you uh, uh, sent like sent out from a game i don't know like if you get into quiz and all i absolutely have no idea see i i i okay. have basics to start watching the game with this what i'm saying okay fine I'm not saying I'm, to start watching. I have the basics. Let's let's do this next season when it starts. Or Bala will do the introduction for NBA. This is project. I I remember first time when I saw when I started watching football back in '90s. I asked why are they not carrying the ball like that person who is carrying the ball and run. <laughs> That's not the game. <laughs> That's so. the situation of Indian football, by the way. See, that my point is I can start at that level and reach where I am. So. I can't do that. Took <laughs> <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> no, this time it will be accelerated. Chal, all right, guys. Chalo. This has been a great chat, and yeah, we are really excited to look forward to the semi-finals games. I hope you are too, and all the best to all your teams. Until the next episode, it's bye from Bala. Bye, guys. See you. I think our next podcast will be before the finals. I hope, right? Yes, yes. Yes. So see you before the finals, guys. Take care. Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please like they're literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate sports charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate the Jam Room Audio. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,